0: Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to life and everything about it. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Marty, and uh, yeah, super happy to uh, connect again with you. And uh, today, I want to uh, I want to talk to you guys about uh, a few uh, podcasts that I have listened to in the last week. Uh, I listened to a lot of Joe Rogan episodes, and obviously Joe Rogan's, you know, he's the goat. Everybody knows that. But it's also like the people that go on there are so chill, and they are so relaxed when they once they get there and they settle in that I just feel like it's a very, it's like uh, Rogan often says it. He says it's like people are sitting right here with us. And I really feel that way when I watch his podcast specifically. But also, you know, there's a lot of great podcasts out there. Recently, uh, in the last year, I've discovered Kill Tony, which is, they say and claim that they are the best live podcast in the world and i agree with them if you love fun uh, people roasting each other and like if you enjoy you know uh, sometimes a little crude humor or even like true stories that are a little crude this podcast is really no holds bar and tony hinchcliffe uh you know he he gets right into it he's a he's a good interviewer he's fun He's definitely not always politically correct. He has that snarky attitude and that cocky attitude sometimes. He knows he's a prick sometimes. He knows he's direct or straight up. And, you know, at the end of the day, like he's been through a lot of shit in his life. I posted a video on my channel not too long ago about um, his you know, childhood journey of like finding out that his father, um, he would only pop in every once in a while, but he eventually found out, Tony found out as a kid, while he was on the bus, school bus, that he was passing by this house every day, and he would always see uh, his dad's car there. And he fucking was always wondering, like, why is my dad's car there? He's supposed to be trucking. And so eventually he kind of clued in that he was going to write down a license plate to verify if it was actually his dad's car. And so he did, and uh, basically uh, the next time that his father came over, he basically matched up the license plate and everything. He didn't want to confront his dad about it because he really didn't want to lose touch with his dad or his father say, oh, well, you know, he knows now it's a fucking mess. Come to find out. The story was his father was already married with his own family. They didn't live too far from each other. They had an affair. She fell pregnant. Tony's father, he went on raising his family and doing his his little thing and he didn't live too far from where they lived. He, you know, one day he talked, he confronts his mom and he says like, I matched up the license plates. Dad lives fucking dad's car is always there. What's going on? Da, da, da. His mother ended up telling him what the situation was. And I think, I can't remember if he was like 11 or 12 when he found that out, maybe even younger, but, um, you know, leading up to the time that he found out there was a lot of doubt there was a lot of insecurity uncertainty man that fucks up a kid no matter what we've all got our traumas we all got our situations we've all been through some shit you know um they talk about it and the whole episode is really interesting so um i strongly suggest it but anyway all that to say that kill tony is one of my favorites uh, podcast right now I watch it every week, and they were they started you know in back in california uh when they were living in in l a they were doing it at the comedy store they decided to migrate where uh many people have migrated in the last couple of years uh thanks to joe rogan and you know to many others who followed uh followed suit and um basically they moved the show there in austin and they started doing the show at, a, at this club called antones but then they switched over to another uh, venue or bar and it was like an edm club and it's called the falcon and so they've been producing the show from there for uh, a little while i'm not exactly sure how long but probably six months to no more than six months probably a year or two couple of years probably. And now finally, uh, last week they moved into the comedy mothership, which holy fuck, it's finally open, guys. Joe Rogan bought a club and he fucking re They rebuilt it and they made it an epic comedy club. Supposedly it's it's gonna be, you know, one of the best venues for comedy because it's just the way that it was designed and everything. And so, uh, it's called the comedy mothership and it is in Austin, Texas. So another reason why I want to make my way to Austin someday at some point, it's fucking, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty, uh, it looks pretty cool. And it's just like a big rise in stand-up comedy. The NHL was on strike and all of a sudden Texas Hold'em poker became like a thing and it became like a big fucking thing. Everywhere And everybody was playing Texas Hold'em in, in private houses, in fucking private clubs, in public clubs. And it just became a big phenomenon, like a big thing. Right now, I feel like comedy is gaining the same momentum as Texas Hold'em did. So the Kill Tony podcast is actually moving in the mothership, the comedy mothership, Joe Rogan's club. And uh, the move happened last week. And starting from that point on, uh, Kill Tony, which was only aired on Mondays uh, once a week, a two it was pretty much a two-hour podcast, uh, it's going to end up being shot twice a week and aired twice a week. And so uh, that's going to be a bonus for any Kill Tony fan. And also it's going to be a fantastic opportunity for many more um, great comedians or amateur comedians or beginners or first-timers to seize an opportunity to go perform in front of a live audience in front of many hundreds of thousands of peoples if not million on the internet by trying a one-minute comedy set live on the Kill Tony show so the concept of the show is basically the live comedy show hosted by Tony Hinchcliffe and his co-host, Brian Redban. Brian Redban used to be uh, Joe Rogan's co-host and producer. Now, uh, for many years, probably 10, 12 years now, he's been co-host and producer on the Tony Hinchcliffe Kill Tony podcast. And all these guys are great buddies and especially, uh, you know, especially uh, Tony and, and Red Band. I mean, they go way back. Of course, uh, they always have uh, scuffles uh, on stage. I mean, Tony gets really annoyed by Brian and everything, but it's, it's really, you know, you can tell they're close and they, they love each other. But the concept of the show is that amateur comedians sign up to perform a one minute stand up comedy set, which then crit- is critiqued by Tony, Brian, and a or some several guest comedians the show is recorded in front of a live audience and it's also broadcasted as a podcast the show has gained popularity for its unique format and for like giving up-and-coming comedians a chance to perform in front of a live audience and receive feedback from experienced comedians i mean there's some feedback some critiques but there's also a lot of roasting (laughs) the critiques are often very humorous and can be harsh at times, but they're intended to help comedians improve their craft. So the Kill Tony podcast become like a super popular platform uh, to basically launch careers. And uh, these comedians that perform on his show, some of them become like regulars on the show. Some of them become gold tickets golden ticket uh, holders so anytime they're at the kill tony show they can perform uh, a set or a one minute set and have a chat with tony so uh there's only like nine gold golden tickets like in all nine or ten there's ten now because they just recently uh named a canadian boy um they gave him a golden ticket. Um, So anyways, all that to say that it's an amazing podcast and I strongly suggest you guys watch it. It's become kind of a staple in my house. At first, my girlfriend didn't really enjoy it, didn't like it, but she's, uh, well, she's been getting accustomed to it, mostly because she just wants to spend time with me and uh, stay close and and, uh, be around, but uh, also because I think she's, Given it an enough she's given it a chance to see it from another eye instead of being so hypercritical initially as she was and offended at times. It's a little harsh, so uh, it's pretty intense, but my mom watches it with me every week and she gets excited for it. she's seventy one years old. She loves comedy. she she's an artist in, in, in its own she's a writer she paints and she fucking you know does all that stuff so uh she really enjoys stand-up comedy of course you know what better than uh, a writer listening to an awesome premise and well written and and then well fucking performs. so uh, and i've been a huge stand-up comedy fan since i'm like a kid you know um my first my first uh my first kind of dip ins into stand up comedy were like with the some of the performance on the Johnny Carson show and then um watching like Richard Pryor, Bill Cosby at the time was a big deal and I loved his special. I mean I can't you know I can't deny that I was a huge Cosby fan, whether it be his stand up or after that, the Cosby show. But of course, um his stand up was uh memorable and I'll I'll never forget that. I mean it... It's it's like uh, mo- key moments in my life uh, where I realized the art behind uh, the stand-up comedy. And, uh, well, I never thought about dipping my feet in that, but at, at when I was young, because, I mean, I was so far from the glamour of Hollywood or New York City or, you know, I was living in the uh, east coast of Canada, 10 hours east of Montreal in the Atlantic provinces. So basically for me, like L.A., New York, that was you know nashville all the staples of uh, they were all they were all pipe dreams back then i mean we had no internet no fucking cell phones and stuff like that you know it wasn't it wasn't was it what it is today so uh, basically uh but i did get into comedy really young i was like 10 and I would slip downstairs there and watch like some Richard Pryor tapes or some Eddie Murphy Raw, uh, Delirious, you know, all that stuff, and I'd watch <laughs> you know, I'd watch it and just fucking at first like kind of scared because I didn't want my parents to hear me and stuff, but within like a year, I was just so excited, I just needed to show them. So I was like, Oh, come watch this, come watch this. So they'd sit down and they'd watch it with me, they'd laugh and they kinda got it that uh at an early age, just just uh, the way that I was processing things were maybe a little different, but I, I had five open-heart surgeries by the time I was fucking 12 years old, you know, from from the minute I was born. So there's a lot of trauma there, and uh, y- you're forced to grow up. You're forced, forced to figure shit out, figure some shit out uh, on your own and uh, early, you know. So by the time I was 12, I mean, I wasn't a man or I wasn't mature by any means, but... I had kind of a different outlook on certain things and I was already also realizing that I was gonna be a performer, a writer, an entertainer, whatever. I was gonna use that talent and use that desire to um, to do something with, you know. I I, I I was I loved attention and I I really loved performing and stuff like that, you know. I started with little performances like in big family parties and stuff we do like air bands and stuff like that but eventually being in a musical family i just kind of grew right into it and it, it it all happened naturally from there but yeah a lot of comedy when i was young and so you know my mom and i we we sit back now we watch that and my girlfriend joins us now and uh we watch Kill Tony on a weekly, and the good news is there's going to be two shows starting, I think, next week or the week after. There's going to be two, sh- two shows a week of Kill Tony, which is uh, just fucking epic because I'm really loving that show. So there's two podcasts you guys can check out right there that uh, if you've never heard about them, I strongly suggest Theo Vaughn's got uh, a really uh, solid Podcast called This Past Weekend. I like Theo Vaughn because he's from Louisiana and he is a straight up open book in a sense that his feelings and his vulnerability, he doesn't mind exposing that at all and talking about it. And uh, I think it's really good for men uh, to be able to uh, tune into this podcast because he does show a really nice side of vulnerability which can be infectious. He really is a unique person. He has a unique comedy style, but he also has a unique way of expressing himself on his podcast. And so uh, he's got a really, you know, it's a solid podcast this past weekend. Go check it out. And especially check out the episode with uh, uh, Tony Hinchcliffe if you want to kind of get the whole inside scoop on or the whole details on his childhood. It's it's really fascinating, interesting, and the way that he tells it and, and how it's shaped him, and he's become who he's become because of it, you know? So here's a quick review of the last 10 episodes of The Joe Rogan Experience, starting with episode 1944 with Ryan Long, who's a stand-up comedian, a filmmaker, and a host of boys cast podcast uh it was a really cool uh, episode uh he's a funny guy and a very enjoyable low-key kind of kind of show kind of episode like in the sense that um a lot of joking a lot of fun a lot of laughs and some really good conversation it lasted an hour and 56 minutes which is substantially lower than most of Rogan's episodes which are usually a minimum three hours yeah shorter uh shorter podcast but then they made it up on 1945 with eric weinstein weinstein eric weinstein's a mathematician and he hosts the portal podcast he is mind-blowing he's a genius i mean he wouldn't claim to be a genius but i mean he's a scientist a mathematician He specializes in the study of bats. During the whole pandemic outbreak, he had made, come to a conclusion with his wife, which is also a scientist, that the COVID must have been leaked out of a lab in Wuhan. And he was ridiculed for that. You know, he was thrown under the bus by so many people, so many people in the science community. And uh, come to find out uh, a week and a half ago, um, the New York Times published a huge article uh, stating that it's most likely, I'm sure it'll be confirmed, that it did leak out a, of a, uh, a lab. So whether it was intentional or not, that's not the question. And I don't think that's what Eric, Eric Weinstein was ever trying to prove or say um, that wasn't necessarily his goal but uh, at the end of the day he made those claims very early and he was ridiculed by so many Um, so uh, he was back on for a four hour and six minute episode and what they mostly talk about it, it was a very intense conversation very kind of fucked up because what they talked about was UFOs And it was a little hard to follow, but super interesting. I watched it twice, four hours and six minutes. I watched it twice. And still a lot of it was gibberish for me. But, um, it would have been cool if Eric would have um, kind of dumbed it down a little bit more, but nonetheless, it was an interesting episode and I strongly recommend it, um, especially if uh, you enjoy hearing uh, intellectual speak or a very, very... Intelligent people uh, uh, speak and uh, still good give really good explanations. So, all right, moving on. Nineteen forty six. Protect our parks. Seven. Protect our parks is kind of a theme that uh, uh, Rogan and some of his friends, uh, who are always the same gang, uh, created to uh, have a little special episode every once in a while, and it. Uh, consists of shane gillis mark norman ari shafir um and joe rogan and they all kind of just fuck around basically they get hammered and they do fucking mushrooms and they do whatever they want to do they just have a good time it was a really funny episode as usual three hours and 36 minutes i really enjoyed it it's always uh enjoyable for sure 1947, we move on to the Chris DiStefano episode, which I watched about uh, 14 minutes of it, and that's not usual for me. I usually watch every single episode and complete all of them, and I don't know, man. I want to give all props and all love to Chris DiStefano, but I just find, like, from the first time I seen him, I just feel like he is not the most genuine person out there and not the most genuine comedian out there. He doesn't seem like he means wrong. He doesn't seem like a liar or dishonest, but I just feel like, I just feel, I don't know, I have a hard time, you know, but there's there's been some really funny and cool moments in his past shows. I just couldn't get into this one. He came on with... Uh, a new pair of glasses and just I don't know I don't know it just rubbed me the wrong way and I feel bad I'm I'm going to have to watch it you know to get to get through that and I'm sure I won't suffer that bad but it's just I don't know he's just there's just something about him can anybody explain like do you guys feel the same like he's lovable you know but he's also like Forgettable or you know, I don't know. Not at I don't know. I don't know what it is. I wish I knew and I feel bad because he, like anybody else, is uh is a human being, first of all, but he also uh he doesn't he seems like a good guy, you know, and he's had his struggles and stuff, so I think he has a lot of insecurities. It might be the insecurities that kind of get to me, like annoy me. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But anyways, moving on, uh, much love to Chris DiStefano. Um, I really don't want to hate on him. All right, I need to make a retraction on those comments. I have recently gone back and watched that episode with Chris DiStefano. And immediately, immediately with another angle, watching with an open spirit, I really ended up enjoying the episode. So, I'm retracting everything I said with a non-judgmental eye and ear. I really appreciated that episode. Now, I would also like to add and say that I loved him on Monday night on Kill Tony. He was fucking hilarious. He roasted a lot of the comics that were on there. He had a good time. He was respectful at the same time and uh, he seemed to really enjoy himself genuinely so you know it's really cool to learn lessons in life and to be humbled to be corrected when you were actually misjudging somebody or you weren't giving the person a chance and i just lived that and it was a humbling moment so uh, props Props to Chris DiStefano um, for being a beautiful human and also for, you know, being on the scene for a long time and being a great comedian. All right, back to the program. Episode 1948 was Tony Hinchcliffe and Brian Redman. Uh, another great show, just a super chill show, two hours, 35 minutes. They kind of just, you know, they chat, they fucking... They shoot the shit. They laugh. They search a bunch of stuff on Google, like just random stuff, and uh, they get into uh, you know discussions on little conspiracies and stuff like that. Just, just a really chill episode, fun, and uh, and I yeah I super enjoyed it. Uh, that's episode nineteen forty eight. There you go. It was two hours thirty five minutes. The next one was nineteen forty nine. Russell Brand. Uh, who's a comedian, an actor, an author, an activist, and host of the podcast, Stay Free with Russell Brand. And uh, that was two hours and nine minutes. So a a few of them were shorter lately, but, I mean, not all of them, just a couple. And uh, Russell Brand, it was really interesting. They got into a super interesting political talk, um, talking uh, policies, talking U.S., talking Canada, talking world. They uh, spoke of uh, woke culture, the right, the left. Um, Russell Brand is a, is a fucking speedy motor mouth, but he is so intelligent and interesting that uh, it made for a really fun conversation. It does blow me away that Joe Rogan follows his guests, especially guests like Russell Brand, who are, exa- are very, very fast, and they're, they're whoa, whoa, the way they talk and everything it's just everything goes so fast, but Joe Rogan just follows the conversation and he has a lot of knowledge once again and stays right there right there with the guest and uh, in this case, it was a uh, a really really interesting episode i I loved it I loved it they they talk about uh, the royal royal family and 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 just power and and it's the discussion is is fascinating because they they go deep into philosophy about all that. So uh I suggest or recommend uh the Russell Brand episode for sure. Matter of fact, i I, I recommend all of them because I mean every single episode has something. Uh 1950 was Derek Wolf, who was a super interesting guest. He played 10 years in the NFL, he won uh a Super Bowl, and he's also a an avid bow hunter an outdoorsman and he hosts a radio show in Denver called The Drive and I don't know how they how it all happens that you know how how Joe Rogan lines up his guests but like this guy they didn't they didn't know each other before Anyways, they, they got together and it was a super awesome conversation. Uh, Derek Wolf spoke about his injuries and how he, he, he had an injury where he was, he was paralyzed for, uh, about three hours. And, uh, and then the next week or two, he was back on the field practicing and playing two weeks later. So it just, it was a lot of a lot. And he talks about his childhood being s- fucking struggles and how like it made him almost a madman. That's why he played on the defensive line, uh, uh, you know, in, in his football career, he's like 6'4 six, 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 or 6'6", six, six, whatever, two hundred and eighty pounds, uh, big boy, and uh, he was a great guest. Derek Wolf, nineteen fifty, they were uh, three minute, three hours and four minutes. Then nineteen fifty one was Coffeezilla, which again wasn't somebody that it wasn't somebody that Joe Rogan knew personally, but uh, his name Stephen. Find, find, us, find us in, find Decent, or something like that. And uh, he's also known as Coffeezilla. He's a YouTuber uh, whose channel focuses on exposing scammers, fraudsters, fake gurus, and their deceptive final financial schemes. So it's, uh, it was a super interesting conversation, to say the least. And uh, I was actually out snow blowing snow in a snowstorm when I uh, listened to that episode, which lasted three hours and four minutes. Crazy. A lot of these conversations last three hours and four minutes. So, uh, 1952, there's two left. 1952 was Michael Malice, which is a cultural commentator, host of a podcast called Podcast one podcast um no it's called he's the host of the podcast one podcast you're welcome an author of several books including dear reader the unauthorized biography of king jong king jong Il, and the anarchist handbook his newest the white pill a Tale of Good and Evil is available now. So he's kind of a funny guy, uh, interesting and uh, really uh, uh, great conversation with Joe. Uh, pretty, a pretty genuine guy. I didn't know him before. Uh, he's probably been on the podcast before because they seem like good friends. He, uh, uh, funnily, I think he's Russian, if I'm not, like, uh, origin. And he, is funny because he brought a gift to uh, Joe Rogan, and he said it was the number one Russian podcaster in the world. And uh, the the gift was a cake made uh, to look like Lex Friedman. So uh, it was really uh, funny. It was a funny moment. It was cool. It was a really nice cake, uh, a good plug-in for uh, the cake company uh, that is Michael Malice's friend's... That may be one little thing that kind of annoyed me about this episode, Michael Malice's episode, which was three hours and 28 minutes, by the way. So, you know, it was still a great episode all around. But the one little thing that annoyed me at times was the fact that um, I thought Michael Malice was dropping a lot of names. And uh, it just kind of, after a while, it's like, okay, dude, um, you know, so, but... It is what it is. It wasn't horrible, and it wasn't that bad, but a little bit. And then the latest last episode that released, March 10th, uh, 19, number 1953, Duncan Trussell. Duncan Trussell. Oh, my God. Uh, three hours and 17 minutes. He is one of Joe Rogan's best uh, guests ever and favorite guests ever. Um joe rogan loves having a chat with them they have a lot of fucking great laughs they get into all kinds of different subjects from mushrooms marijuana and and the psychedelic world uh, from that to you know um, politics to uh, conspiracy theories to like just funny stories they have they always have a great time and it's always entertaining to watch their episodes together. So uh, I recommend you guys tuning in to 1953 Duncan Trussell. And that is an update of the last 10 shows of the Joe Rogan experience. And uh, again, I'm mentioning how excited I am for him and for them And for Austin, that uh, the comedy mothership has finally opened its doors. I'm sure it's going to be a fucking awesome place for a long time. And comedy is just on an uprise right now. And I'm hoping to eventually get there uh, to Austin to uh, either perform or go watch. But I've been working on my comedy set, and I perform stand-up comedy Twice uh, in the last uh, three months due to circumstances with my daughter being sick for a while and and still being, you know, sick now. But just things have calmed down a little bit at least. Um, uh, But uh, I wasn't able to get as many performances or as much stage time as I would have liked in open mics. But I've started signing up again and I went last night and performed uh, a set which uh, I'll put a little clip here for you. Uh, I'm born with a coarctation of the aorta, which uh, my main artery uh, was caved in. So basically, it caved in like an hourglass, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, the rest of my body fucking ballooned out for the last few years, you know what I mean? They say for every 20 pounds you lose, you gain an inch. So, right? And it needs a couple more inches, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to try to gain three inches this year, you know? Which means, oh, there, my girlfriend's screaming. Oh, thank you. She's excited. I am a visual on the pickle, if you know what I'm saying. Enough about my little pickle. (laughs) But the best thing about major surgeries is the drugs. So, it's the post. Surgery recovery. To me, that's my favorite part. I mean, I love waking up from my surgery. And when I wake up, I'm like, big fucking smile. I'm super joyful. I'm not even that high yet. But I'm just in a good mood. And all the nurses are like, Man, you're so nice. You're so kind. You're so joyful. It's it's kind of rare to see somebody like right after being ripped open, you know what I mean? Being so kind and so nice. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, but I'm about to get fucked up for the next week for free with premium drugs. There's nothing wrong with that at all, you know? Yeah, fentanyl will fucking kill Michael Jackson. It won't take me down, but I love it. We're gonna gonna tune in the uh, morphine. We're gonna slap it right in there. All right, we're gonna settle in. We're gonna watch the little pink floyd the wall. And that's and that's how the fucking night's gonna go, alright? Boom. That's that's, that's that. <laughs> who invented hospital ice, man. It's fucking awesome. Like it's perfect shape. It's per like it's the best thing you can eat in a hospital, basically. <laughs> So just to make it clear i'm not a druggie though you know uh, i uh i just fucking love hospital drugs when it's like legal and they they take care of you that's that's my favorite part my parents weren't druggies either um and uh well they were addicts but not druggies <laughs> see my dad was kind of uh my dad passed away last year but he was kind of a functional alcoholic you know had a government job as well so yeah, those are like the little highlights of my set. I was holding my phone cuz I needed my notes cuz I changed my whole set the night before. And uh, you know, just there's a, there's a lot of factors to trying to perform a comedy set. So, um, but I had fun and I it's fun because I watch it back and I realize everything I need to adjust and correct and fix and uh then of course the next time I perform I won't have my phone because that actually distracted me more than anything. So you just gotta go, you know. Maybe have like, have like your book, you know, notebook or whatever, and just have a few points of of the things that you want to make sure to mention in each bit. But you should know your story. It's it's a fucking it's your story. So, um, but up to now, I've been depending on either bringing like too many notes the twice the two times that i've done it but also all the writing that i've been doing and preparing it's always too much too many notes and and it's too complicated I had a full like strategy to use my phone and I have an app in my phone that I use and you know, I can click on there and then it just goes on its own. And I'm looking at my phone and I get distracted and I don't know if I'm at the right place. And then I touch my screen and it stops moving and then it kicks back to the start. Like, no, it's, it's too much. It's too much. It's like, just, just tell your story, man. Just, just have a little piece of paper or or on, on your hand, write it down and, there's three or four subjects you're gonna talk about with it in a ten minute span, you know. Just just hit those four subjects, and once you get into them, you're gonna remember. If you like, and it also it means you know, practice it. Practice it at home in front of a mirror or in front of my camera. But then also get as much open mic time that I can get. So yeah, no, it's it's been fun, man. It's a super challenge because you know. Um, I've been playing music for 30 years performing on a on a semi-professional level uh and at times professional levels uh meaning that I was making money and living with my music at certain times in my life um but I've been doing that for over 20 years now you know and and it's just kind of like for me it's become what it is and who I am and and it's it's not easy but it's easier than starting something brand new right um but at this uh time and point in time it's it's comedy is a completely new element for me although I've watched comedy I've studied comedy comedians I've just been a comedy stand-up comedy nut for my whole life I it's still once you get up there once you you got to figure out your recipe and that's that's what I'm working on right now is just figuring out my recipe and I went I only did two open mics so far, so I already get it because I've been studying comedy for a long time. So I get it in the sense that I know what I need to tweak and then to keep practicing to try to make it all come in and come down to a very dialed in set where eventually it'll be really good and I'll get some pops and I'll get some laughs and but I did as you can see I did get some laughs uh, but I got lost uh, along the way and you know had had some just a little bit of confusing moments and confused moments so uh, but you know all in all people enjoyed it and they were very very nice and good with me because you know I was a second timer so they were they were really good and then last night my good buddy Mike who I've been uh, just harassing for the last ten years to go try stand up comedy because he's so fucking hilarious. Um, he actually tried it for the first time last night and it was really good. Like, you know, again, a first timer, so there's a lot of a lot of stuff to kind of work out, and but he's got he's got the right idea, and he got some laughs. And he made some jokes work and he watched his own video and he's like, oh my God, I already know what I want to change. He already wrote a few new jokes to fit in. Like it's cool, man. You kind of, and so for me, it's kind of cool. Cause I get one of my good buddies to kind of get on this ride, this wave with me of creating his own thing. I can help him. I can advise him and, you know, tell him, Oh yeah, I should say this or do that or whatever, maybe add this and he can do the same for me. Um, so we're planning on having some, you know, try out kind of writing, tweaking, uh, trying some new jokes on each other, kind of, we're going to have some of those nights where we just kind of hang out and do that, which is, uh, going to be fun and it's going to help us. So yeah, comedy's on the uprise. And finally, um, I decided to give it a crack and to kind of tamper and play around in it. And I'm really enjoying what I'm, uh, what I'm feeling so far out of it. So I'm going to keep working that craft and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You never know. Maybe one day I'll go put my name in the bucket on Kill Tony. But hey, for tonight, that's it. I'm going to leave you on that. If you're struggling, I'm sort of hear that. Don't give up. Stay the course. If you're off the course, come back to it. Come back to it. Find, find your direction and uh keep pushing keep plugging away especially don't give up and give yourself love give yourself self self-care self-love all that shit man and if you don't know how to do it go for you know start by going for a small walk outside just a small walk five minutes if you don't even want to walk just stand in your driveway and breathe air whatever you got to start somewhere you know and uh i really hope you can find it in you to uh persevere and push through for yourself and uh, if you are struggling and i mean most of us are struggling in one way or another so uh, i'm sending you good vibes and uh, yeah good vibes right there so uh take care and uh, thanks for tuning in please share subscribe do what you got to do to help me out uh to help me spread this uh this podcast around all right thanks a lot peace much love